You're listening to the Fortress Church Audio Podcast. We're a church all about loving God and loving people. Let's listen in to our lead pastor, Randy Garcia, from this past Sunday's message. So open up your Bibles and tune in. James chapter 3, if you have your Bibles, we're going to talk today part 3 of our sermon series entitled Choices. I want to thank you for making the choice to be in God's house today. I just want to say thank you. So many of you responded. You see these um, uh, bags, or they're not the backpacks. Somebody, as I think we've told you, donated 200 backpacks. We're, we're filling in the backpacks with school supplies for the less fortunate uh, children in the east side of San Antonio, and that's what we're doing this coming Saturday at 1030. You're more than welcome to join us there, but thank you. So many of you have been generous to bless these children on the east side, and we're going to have a great time just seeing them receive uh, blessings from the Lord as we uh, stand in on their behalf. You know, this is going to be a, a great week of ministry. Not only uh, we have the fabulous, we have the, the um, uh, east side outreach, we have under the bridge next Sunday, we have cleansing stream weekend this, uh, this weekend in Houston, and uh, uh, my wife and I are going to be going out there. It's going to be a great week of ministry, so God's going to do some great things. First Wednesday, as Pastor Matt was saying, you know, if you want to need to be baptized, this is your great opportunity. So a lot, of, a lot of great things happening. And before we get into James chapter 3, I'm excited about next week because next Sunday, one week from today, please, I would love for you to choose to be in God's house. The Lord led me to write a new book, and it's at the printers as we speak, and I'm hoping we'll have them in our hands one week from today. It's called to another level. It's all about taking your spiritual life to another level. Now, I'm going I'm to give you the answer to this next question. Your answer should be no, okay? My question is, are you satisfied with where your spiritual life is at? There you go. You guys are good, okay? So what does that mean? It means that you're ready for God to take you to another level, right? This is what this book is all about, and we're integrating a, our spiritual emphasis for 2017 starting one week from today. We're doing it a little bit earlier in our, in our uh, season, so to speak, but you don't want to miss out, and uh, I'm excited about to another level. For today, we're getting into part three of our sermon series, Choices. We're going to look at godly wisdom versus worldly wisdom. James 3.13 says this. Who is wise and understanding among you? Let them show it by their good life, by deeds done in the humility that comes from wisdom. But if you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come down from heaven, but is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. For where you have envy and selfish ambition... There you find disorder and every evil practice. Verse 17. But the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy, and good fruit, impartial and sincere. Peacemakers who sow in peace will reap a harvest of righteousness. I believe we today desire to make godly choices, right? But every day we're faced with these choices. And today we're going to deal with the difference, as James says here in chapter 3, between godly wisdom and worldly wisdom. Heavenly Father, thank you 
for the blessing we have to be in your house. As we come together today, Lord, we do so in the name that is above all names, Jesus Christ. First of all, we thank you for the privilege we have just to, to minister and to just uh, pursue what you have for us, even today. Lord, we declare blessing on all the ministry that's happening this week. We have Fabulous. We have First Wednesday Worship. We have uh, Eastside Outreach. We have Cleansing Stream in Houston. We have Under the Bridge next Sunday. A lot of good things happening. And we just say thank you for the privilege we have to serve you. And we just pray blessing and anointing on everything that's happening this week. As we get into your word today from James chapter 3, we pray that indeed your word would come alive to us, that we would not only be hearers of the word, but doers of the word as well. We lift up our church prayer target today, Healing Place Church, with Pastor Warren Beamer. We just pray, Lord, you would bless him in big ways. Today, Lord, speak to us and give us the uh, courage to respond. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. You may be seated. It happened in a small town in West Texas. Two men got into a big, huge argument. They were arguing back and forth, and it got uh, almost got physical. But uh, the good thing is they didn't go to that extreme. So one of the men thought, you know, we really need to, I really need some advice. So he thought of a man within the small town. You know the small towns, everybody knows everybody else. So he says, I, I know this guy who's, who's wise, and I'm going to ask him his opinion about this, this verbal altercation that we had. I want to get his take on it. So he called them up, and he said, yeah, come on over, went over, and he explained his whole situation, of course, from his point of view, to this wise man. And when he was done, the wise man looked him in his eyes, and he says, you're right. Well, a few minutes later, the other guy, who this first guy had his altercation with, called them, because once again, he knew that this was the wise man in the town. Hey, can I come over? I need to explain to you a situation. Sure, come on over. So he, he went over, and of course, the second man gave his point of view of the same altercation. The wise man listened to him, looked the second man in the eye, and he says, you're right. After the man left, the wife of the wise man says, honey, you, did you realize what you just did? You told guy number one, you're right. And you told guy number two, you're right. But they can't both be right because they're on opposite ends of the spectrum. This cannot be. He turned to his wife and said, you're right. Maybe that's what uh, a wise, maybe that's why he was known as a wise man. It reminds me of a cartoon. I think I have it on the screen here. This cartoon is, let's see, do we have, there we go. The Crossroads of Wisdom. One direction is past mistakes, other direction, future gambles, and the right direction, listen to your wife. <laughs> do I hear an amen from all the ladies? Woo, that was a good amen. Wisdom. Today we're going to talk about wisdom. Children, children often bring their wisdom to the table. When a certain group of children were asked, give me a, a word of wisdom, Patrick, age 10, says, never trust a dog to watch your food. <laughs> Michael, age 8, says, when your dad is mad and asks you, do I look stupid? Don't answer him. <laughs> Mikey, age 9, says, here's my word of advice, never tell your mom her diet's not working. Janie, age nine, says, stay away from prunes. Lauren, age nine, says, felt markers are not good to use as lipstick. Mm. How about Joel, age 10? His word of wisdom says, don't pick on your sister when she's holding a baseball bat. 
Eileen, age eight, says, never try to baptize a cat. Okay, those are words of wisdom. Uh, Every day, you and I make choices. And if you desire to be wise, it begins by making wise choices. Life lesson, the choices you make determine your destiny. The choices you make determine your destiny. Your habits are a choice. Giving is a choice. Ideas are a choice. Your reactions to things that happen to you in life are a choice. Friendships are a choice. Reputation is your choice. Your words that you use are your choice. And your choices result in either blessings or curses, blessings or consequences. If you make a choice to give to God, for example, if you say, you know what, I'm going to give to God, then guess what the, the, the result is? You're going to be blessed. You're going to be blessed. If you make a choice to live your life with biblical convictions, then the result of that is you're going to experience peace with God and the peace of God. If you choose, for example, not to have daily time with God, then because your priorities are out of order, you're going to be headed in the wrong direction in life. Well, the Word of God, both in James in the New Testament and Proverbs in the Old Testament, gives us lots of, um, lots of instruction about wisdom. That's what we're going to talk about. So lesson one, our primary text is James 3. Lesson one is this, godly wisdom is reflected in your deeds. Godly wisdom is reflected in your deeds. That's what James says in verse 13. He says this, Who is wise and understanding among you? Let them show it by their good life, by deeds done in the humility that comes from wisdom. So how do we exhibit who we are in Christ Jesus? By deeds done in the humility that comes with wisdom. Reminds me of a letter that this college young adult sent to her dad, and it read like this. Dear Dad, sorry I haven't written sooner, but I broke my left arm and my left leg. It happened when I jumped from the second floor of my dormitory when we had the fire. We were lucky. A young service station attendant saw the blaze and called the fire department. They were there in minutes. I was in the hospital for a few days. Paul, the service station attendant, came to see me every day. And because he was taking too, because it was taking too long for the dormitory to be in living conditions again, I went ahead and moved in with Paul. He's a nice guy, and we are expecting a baby. The doctor says, I have something. He calls it a social disease. But don't worry, Dad. The shots are, shots are working, and we have an abortion clinic nearby. Paul and I plan to get married just as soon as, we can, as soon as he can finalize his divorce. His five kids will probably live with us. I hope things are fine at home. I'm doing fine. We'll write more later when I get a chance. Love your daughter, Sally. P.S. Dad, none of the above is true. But I did get a C in sociology and I flunked chemistry. But I wanted you to receive this news in its proper perspective. (laughs) Wisdom. Wisdom. Maybe she was using wisdom. I don't know what kind of wisdom it was, but it was wisdom, right? The Old Testament speaks about wisdom as well, not only the book of James. So let's turn to Proverbs chapter 4, verse number 5. And I'm going to read a few verses about wisdom from the New English translation. I love what it says here. 
It says, wisdom is supreme. I want you to say that with me. Here we go. Wisdom is supreme. So acquire wisdom. And whatever you acquire, acquire understanding. Esteem her highly and she will exalt you. She will honor you if you embrace her. She will place a fair garland on your head. She will bestow a beautiful crown on you. Wisdom is supreme. Now, you don't have to be old to have wisdom. Every single one of us, no matter how old we are or how young we are, can live life with godly wisdom. Now, I want to talk if you do. I wish I had about another couple of hours to develop what Solomon, as he writes in the Proverbs, how he develops three specific things, knowledge, understanding, and wisdom. They are all very important. But can we distinguish them just a little bit? Knowledge, knowledge is the acquiring of truth. Understanding is the interpretation of truth. And wisdom is the application of truth. So uh, let me just say this. Knowledge is good. Knowledge is very good. Knowledge educates us. But what good is knowledge to us if we don't do anything with it, if we don't apply it? Wisdom is the application of knowledge. Wisdom is kind of like a common sense. Or sometimes I like to say this. Godly wisdom is anointed common sense. I remember years ago, I, I admired this friend of mine who had four college degrees. Man, he, he did great. And, and I admired him for that. But I also noticed, I also noticed he made some dumb choices in life. He had a lot of intelligence, a lot of knowledge, but not a whole lot of wisdom. Proverbs says, wisdom is supreme. Get wisdom. Get wisdom. Remember, a number of years ago, a man came to me and said, Pastor, can you pray for me? I'm, I'm under attack. I said, yeah, I'll pray for you. I'll pray for you. And he says, we see, it's the, the IRS is after me and I'm under attack. I said, okay, well, come to find out as I talked to him a little bit more that he hadn't paid his taxes in three years. And then he was saying, pray for me because I'm under attack. And I had to realize, I'm sorry, you're not under attack. You, you, you're getting the consequences of some foolish choices. That, that's not being under attack. It's, sometimes we make godly choices. Sometimes we make foolish choices. And he made some foolish choices. So he was unfortunately having to deal with the consequences. Godly wisdom is anointed common sense. Life lesson based on Proverbs 9.10. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. So in Scripture here it says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. It doesn't mean we have to be afraid of God. The fear of the Lord means when we fear God, we hold Him up to the highest esteem. I fear God, I revere God, I respect God. And when you do that, that is the beginning of wisdom because that is godly wisdom. Let's take, for example, the individual who says, um, I I know what God's Word says about tithing. I know I should obey what God says about giving him 10%, at least 10% of my income, but I just can't do it right now. I I don't believe I can pay my bills and still give to God. Well, that person has knowledge. They know what God's Word says. They don't have wisdom because they're not applying what God's Word says. So, once again, you and I make choices. Knowledge is good. Praise God. But let's take it to another level. Let's apply wisdom. Wisdom is supreme. So, what do we get? What are the blessings that result when we make godly 
choices. Proverbs 3 gives us the answer to that question. Listen to some of these benefits. I'm starting with verse 13. We're in Proverbs 3. is once again a reference to wisdom. It says here, Blessed are those who find wisdom, those who gain understanding, for she is more profitable than silver and yields better returns than gold. She is more precious than rubies. Nothing you desire can compare with her. Long life is in her right hand, and in her left hand are riches and honor. Her ways are pleasant ways, and her, all her paths are peace. Now, just in verses 16 and 17, the last two verses here, I don't know if you see these promises of God. What is the result when we live with godly wisdom, when we make godly choices? Let's look at verses 16 and 17. I see five blessings that result when we live a life of godly wisdom. Long life. Somebody say long life. That's number one, okay? Uh, riches. Honor is the third one. Pleasant ways. And the last one is peace. Did you notice that? And we see right here five blessings that come when you and I make choices of wisdom. This is what the Word of God says in Proverbs 3, verses 13 through 17. So there are blessings when we live life, when we live our lives according to godly wisdom. Now, going back to James chapter 3, James draws a contrast. He talks about godly wisdom, but he also talks about worldly wisdom. So let's see what he says about worldly wisdom. Verse 14 of James 3. And here, point number two is this. Worldly wisdom is reflected by envy and selfish ambition. Pretty much what he says is those who live with worldly wisdom, earthly wisdom, have some wrong motives. So let's read verse 14 here of James 3. Scripture says this, But if you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast about it or deny the truth. So what he's doing, what James is telling us and teaching you and I, hey, you've got a choice to make. Godly wisdom or worldly wisdom? The choice is yours. But if you choose worldly wisdom, it is characterized by envy and selfish ambition. Reminds me about this uh, this guy who had uh, worldly wisdom. Well, actually, this, this, other, this man drove in the Dallas, Texas area, drove into a convenience store, drove up and needed something just very quick, so he made the unwise choice to leave his keys in his car. And he ran into the convenience store, got what he did, only was taking probably 90 seconds. But by the time he came out, his car was gone. His car was gone. Oh, my goodness. So what he did, he, <clears throat> he, called, <clears throat> he called up the police, made a police report. My car was stolen, did the whole thing, and uh, it was a terrible situation. Well, the unique thing about this story is about two or three days later, this man walks out of his, uh, of his house two three days later in the morning, and there is his car in the driveway. It's back in his, at his house. So he walks up there. There's nobody there. He opens the door. The keys are there. And there's a note. It says, uh, Mr., I'm sorry for inconveniencing you. I'm sorry that I, that I took your car. I had an emergency, and I saw your car, and I just took it. So please forgive me. I apologize. And for all the inconvenience I caused you, here are four tickets to this coming Sunday's Dallas Cowboy football game. Okay. So 
that coming Sunday, this man took his family to the Dallas Cowboy football game. Little did he know that this other guy had made copies of the keys to all of his, uh, all of his house and had all that. And, and uh, so when the family came back home, their house was cleaned out. Uh, now, that's an example of worldly wisdom, right? He was using wisdom, but in the wrong way. James is saying, wait a minute, there's godly wisdom and there's worldly wisdom because worldly wisdom is about envy and selfish ambition, he says. What is that selfish ambition? Well, you know, sometimes uh, it can get the best of us. But the first thing that James says to identify worldly wisdom is envy. Envy. Now, I got to tell you, many people fall into the trap of envy, and we do dumb things, bad choices because of envy. We want what this person has. Another way we talk about envy is, I, I refer to it sometimes as the comparison game. We compare ourselves to others. And when we compare, when, whenever you play the comparison game, you're going to lose. I'll tell you that right now. You're going to lose because you start playing the comparison game and we envy what this person has or how this person looks or the title that this person uh, uh, has you're never going to win. I ran across this quote from Jen Thorne, and she says this about the comparison game. She says this, Comparison reveals our brokenness. The reason we compare ourselves is because deep inside we are dissatisfied with what we have and who we are. It is a heart issue. Comparison is a poisonous fruit of discontentment which admits that we are not satisfied with how God made us, that we are not happy with where he placed us, and that we don't appreciate the life that God has ordained for us. Comparing ourselves to others is an insult to God. Mm. How many of us fall into that comparison trap? We compare ourselves to this person and, and that person and well, I'm better. Well, why don't I have this? Or why don't, you know, and we start, we, you're never going to win in this comparison game. It is indeed a trap. In fact, Paul talks about it in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 12. He says this, we do not dare to classify or compare ourselves with the same who commend themselves. When they measure themselves by themselves and compare themselves with themselves, they are not wise. Paul says, when you, when you play this comparison game, you are not wise. Got to be careful about playing this game. How do we do that? Well, it seems as though we tend to fall into this trap when we compare ourselves uh, in, in regards to other people. Uh, with, we compare our intelligence, our, our godliness, our, our parenting style, our, our body image, our success, our marital status, our fashion abilities, our wealth, our how crafty we are, how disciplined we are. I want to remind you right here, right now, God created you in a special way. You are unique. There's no one else like you, and there is no need for you to try to copy someone else because God created you in a special way. You are God's creation. Amen? You are God's creation. There's no need. There's no need for you to fall into this comparison trap. Because God created you in a unique way because he has a purpose for your life. He's got a plan for your life. And you know what? No one else can fulfill the plan that God has set aside for you but you. 
God has a purpose. And you must make godly choices to follow God's plan for your life. But once again, these are choices. So how did God create us? By the way, in three weeks, we're going to do a workshop on a Saturday. It's called Relationship Reality. And some of you remember Cindy Bartelli, who moved to Los Angeles. She's going to be with us that weekend on Saturday, August the 19th. She's going to conduct a four-hour seminar from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. on Saturday, August the 19th, called Relationship Reality. And what we're going to do is we're going to identify how each one of us were created by God in a unique way. We're different. What are our gifts? What are our abilities? And how can we use that in the workplace, in our marriage, in our home, in our relationships, so that we can reach our potential for the Lord? So if you're interested in that, the cost is $20, uh, and you can get information right back in the Connection Hub, but it's relationship reality. It's going to be a great time for us to understand how God uniquely has created you. You don't need to compare yourself to anyone else. Life lesson from Proverbs 8:11: For wisdom is more precious than rubies, and nothing you desire can compare with her. I remember a young lady began to date a non-Christian guy, and, and she, she knew that it was an unwise choice to date a, a non-believer, but she did it anyway. First, the guy wanted to, uh, her to move in with her, but she knew that that was wrong. So she did convince him to get married, but uh, at the same time, the, this guy that she, that she married didn't want anything to do with the Lord. Uh, they didn't, in their marriage, they didn't pray together. They didn't, um, he was not a spiritual leader. Uh, they didn't have daily devotions together. They didn't go to church together. And their marriage didn't honor God. And I saw how her spiritual life just, just went down and down and down. Whereas before, she was a young lady who was on fire for God. But unfortunately, she, didn't, she made a choice to marry someone who was not a spiritual leader. My friend, the choices we make determine our destiny. Lesson number three, godly wisdom comes with God's power. Godly wisdom comes with God's power. I'm going to read from James chapter 3, verse 16. Now James starts saying, okay, we, we're talking about godly wisdom. We're talking about earthly wisdom, worldly wisdom. But let me give you eight characteristics of godly wisdom. Verse 16 of James 3, he says, but the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. Now, those are eight terrific characteristics of godly wisdom. Now, that would take me another 45 minutes or so to develop each of these eight characteristics, and we don't have that time so this week, this is our Digging Deeper Notes, and this is, uh, as we, every Sunday we give you notes, uh, teaching notes, as an addendum to our S Sunday sermon. They're at the Connection Hub. Some of you use them for your connect groups. Some of you use them for your individual Bible studies. So this week, our Connection Hub, deeper, Digging Deeper Notes, are eight characteristics of godly wisdom. Paul speaks this, and I'm, next I want to read to you a great correlation, 1 Corinthians 2. Verse 4, Paul says this, My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power, so that your faith may not rest on human wisdom, but on God's power. 
so that your faith may not rest on human wisdom, but on God's power. My friend, you have a choice. You have a choice. You can either place your faith on human wisdom or on God's power. To me, that's a no-brainer. Do you want to place your faith on human wisdom or in God's power? Right here, Paul says, why don't we choose God's power? This is godly wisdom. Let's say, for example, that Frankie uh, needs to get out of debt. He has $10,000 of debt. And he takes a class in Dave Ramsey's Financial Peace University, and he gets the knowledge of how to get out of debt. He pursues knowledge. He, but his knowledge won't do him a whole lot of good until he puts the plan into action. Putting the plan into action is wisdom. So what, is, what does he do? He decides to respond and put his plan into action. Wisdom. He creates a gazelle-like focus. Some of you know what that is with Dave Ramsey. And uh, in there, he, he chooses to cut down his expenses, cut down eating out, bring in some extra income, give to God. And when he does this for two years, his debt is gone. But what did he do? He went from knowledge to wisdom to victory. Are you noticing the correlation here? Knowledge is great, but can we take it to another level? Wisdom. Wisdom is great. And once you apply what you learn, what's the next level? Victory. He had victory in his finances. Praise God. That is ministry. That is life at another level. Life lesson from Proverbs 24, verse 3. By wisdom, a house is built, and through understanding, it is established. Wisdom. Can I say this? We all need wisdom, no matter how young or old we are, whether we've been serving the Lord for two weeks or 20 years. We all need wisdom. Godly wisdom. Automaker Henry Ford, many years ago, asked an electrical genius, Charlie Steinmetz, to build the, the, generators, the generators for his factory. One day, the generators stopped working, and the repairmen couldn't find the problem. So Henry Ford called Steinmetz, the one who created these uh, generators, and he said, can you come in and try to fix it? So Steinmetz came in, and he tinkered with all the contraptions and did all this and that, and the good news is he got it up and running again. And then he sent Henry Ford a bill for $10,000, and years ago that was a huge bill flabbergasted, uh, the, the tight-fisted car maker, Henry Ford, inquired, why is the bill so high? Steinmetz replied, he says, well, for tinkering with the generators, $10. For knowing where to tinker, $9,990. Henry Ford had to pay the bill. Wisdom. Wisdom. Are, are you getting the picture here? There's a difference between knowledge and Wisdom. I close with this story, and hopefully you, as I am, are challenged to ask God today, Lord, can you give me godly wisdom? Because we make choices every day of our life. Lance grew up in the church, and the good news is when he was 10 years old, he gave his heart to Jesus, asked Jesus to come into his heart. A few years later, Lance unfortunately began making some bad choices in life. When he was in high school, he chose to hang around the wrong crowd. He, was always, he always seemed to be in the middle of trouble. When he was in college, he, he didn't take his, his studies seriously. 
It was party time for him, so he, he never completed his degree. A few years later, he made the choice to, to get married, only it was to a non-believer, and that marriage ended up to be a disaster. Unwise choice. He then was offered a great job with great pay, and he turned it down. One bad choice after another. And then, then he made a good choice. A buddy of his invited him to a Bible study, a small group Bible study. He went, and uh, the, Lord, the Holy Spirit began to work on Lance's heart, and he realized that even though he had made some bad choices in life, God still loved him. God still embraced him. And so that day, Lance rededicated his life to the Lord. He realized that it was uh, the best decision he could make. And he realized that God was giving him a second chance to make wise choices. Well, he realized that he needed to follow up that good choice of rededicating his life to the Lord with daily choices. And he started to do that, spending time in prayer, spending time in daily devotions, getting involved in a small group and even finding a church. And every day he was making good, godly, solid choices, wise choices. And then, ever since then, Lance has been living in the blessings of the Lord. Today he's living with the joy of the Lord and the peace of the Holy Spirit because he's making daily, wise, godly choices. And my point is this, you can't do anything about the choices that you've made up to this point in your life, but you certainly can make the right choices from this day forward. I don't know about you, but I want to make the right choices from this day forward. Are we in agreement about that? Would you stand with me right now? Just for a moment, perhaps you want to bow your head and close your eyes, because I love it when God speaks to us, and I love it when God gives us a second chance. Heavenly Father, wouldn't you indeed do exactly that? Would you speak to us? Would you help us understand that wisdom is supreme? Wisdom is supreme. Lord, many of us have made some bad choices in life, but today we're ready to make godly, wise choices from this day forward. Lord, may the choices we make honor you. We want to honor you with our life. As we learn from James, there are, there's fruit that comes forth. Fruit that comes forth when we make godly choices. That's what we want, Lord. Speak to us. Speak to us. With your head bowed and eyes closed, I ask you the question, have you surrendered your life to the Lord Jesus Christ? Have you made him? the Lord of your life, because that is the number one, the most important decision or choice you could ever make. And today we're not here to embarrass you, but if you feel the urge that this is a day that you want to surrender your life to the Lord, this is it. Maybe you want to lift up your hand and say, Pastor, that's me. I'm ready to surrender my life to Jesus. That's a great choice. Others of you, maybe you've You've made some bad choices in life, and today you realize that God is extending to you a second chance. Now the Holy Spirit is tugging on your heart to respond. Are you ready to take advantage of the second chance and say, today I want to rededicate my life to the Lord Jesus Christ? If that's you, would you raise your hand? You want to rededicate your life to the Lord? You want to make that wise choice? Others of you, you've got decisions to make. It could be 
your major in college. It could be which college to choose. It could be what career to choose. It could be which job to choose. It could be a, a relationship that you're dealing with. It could be a health issue. You, and There's choices that we face every day. Today you've realized, I need to make godly choices from this day forward. Every day we make choices. And maybe you realize today, you know what? I need to start making some wise choices because my choices end up to be my destiny. If that's you, would you just raise your hand and say, I, I want to make godly choices from this day forward. Amen, amen, amen. We're going to open up these altars. I don't want you to leave without responding to what God is speaking into your heart. There are prayer partners to my right and to my left. We would love the privilege of praying with you, praying over you in agreement because there's power in agreement. Others of you, you want to get alone with God here at the front? Let's do so. But for the next few minutes, we're going we're to ask God for his wisdom. You've got a decision coming up. Can we trust God to give us the answer? Because he will. He will. The altars are open. Our prayer partners are ready to pray with you. I invite you to come. Thank you for listening to this audio podcast. Fortress Church is located in San Antonio, Texas, near Bandera and Prue Road. For more information, check us out at www.fortresschurch.org.